We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Okay, it's time to commit. 2024 is the year for prioritizing yourself. Begin your new smile journey with Byte, and you could start seeing results in just two to three weeks. Just order your at-home impression kit today for only $14.95 at Byte.com. Byte clear liners are doctor-directed and delivered to your door. Treatment costs thousands less than braces, plus they offer financing options, accept eligible insurance, and you could pay with your HSA, FSA. Get 80% off your impression kit when you use code WONDERY at Byte.com. That's B-Y-T-E dot Start your confidence journey today with Byte. This is the Sooner Sports Podcast, your all-access pass to Sooner Sports. The Sooner Sports Podcast is presented by Allstate. Are you in good hands? And by Riverwind Resort. Riverwind Resort, the place to be. Oh, mama, what a play! Hey there, everybody, and welcome into another edition of the Sooner Sports Podcast. On this OU Women's Wednesday, I'm Jessica Cootie. And it's an important week, an important anniversary this week as Tuesday marked the 48th anniversary of the passing of Title IX, which was passed back on June 23, 1972. Title IX is a part of the Education Amendments Act of 1972. It's a federal law that states no person in the United States shall, on the basis of sex, be excluded from participation in, be denied the benefits of, or be subjected to discrimination under any education program or activity receiving federal financial assistance. So I wanted to take some time and talk about this, the importance of the passing of Title IX and what it's meant to the University of Oklahoma. You look at the dedication and the attention that is placed on women's sports and the expectation of excellence across the board, It's one of the strongest women's athletics departments in the country, and it's the emphasis placed on these women's athletics that you just don't find anywhere. So who better to talk about all of that than Oklahoma women's basketball head coach Sherry Cole. She took over a program that had actually been cut in 1990. Six years later, she's hired in 1996, and in four short seasons, she has the Sooners in the NCAA Sweet 16 two years later, After that, a Final Four and then playing for a national title. So I wanted to get her perspective, her thoughts on the importance of Title IX and the celebration of this anniversary and why it is so important to remember the hard-fought battles that these women went through to make sure that there was equality across the board 
for women's sports. So without further ado, let's get to it. Sherry Cole coming up after this. The Sooner Sports Podcast is brought to you in part by AT&T, America's best network. Metroplex Electric, we can be your electrician. OG&E, power at the speed of life. And Wingstop, it's time to add some boneless wings to your Wingstop delivery order. Available in any of their 11 mouth-watering flavors. So go ahead and crush those spicy, saucy, sweet and sassy cravings. Go to Wingstop.com now and get delivery to your door. Wingstop, where flavor gets its wings. And Homeland, don't feel like getting out to buy groceries? Let Homeland deliver to your door. Visit HomelandStores.com for more details. All right, and we welcome in Oklahoma women's basketball head coach Sherry Cole into the Suitor Sports Podcast. Coach Cole, it's been a crazy time. I know normally you'd have your team all in Norman. You'd be going starting workouts. What has it been like? How have you managed this crazy summer? <laughs> what has it been like? Um, we don't have <laughs> enough time for me to tell you. Um, we've had to be nimble. We've had to um, be uh, swift pivoters. We've uh, had to uh, be adventurous and we've had to be creative. We've uh, spent quite a bit of time on Zoom calls together. We're um, excited about the opportunity to get back on campus in July and and get some time together on the court. But I think overall it's it's been a, I think we'll find out. I I told our guys this in, geez, the start of April. And we're going to find out because for the first time in your life, you're really going to have to decide whether or not you want to work and get better. There's no one, no trainer picking you up, no appointment you have to make, no coach who's saying, be here, do this. It's just you at home deciding whether or not the continual development of your skill set is important to you. So I think there's going to be a very real dividing line between people who decided to and who opted not to during this period. And we may not, it may not reveal itself in the upcoming season. It might be a year down the road. I don't know when it catches up, but I think the the potential positives of this are tremendous, that we can come out with a, a, a group of athletes who are really, they've really bought into their own ownership of their career. And uh, that might be something that we've been missing in the world at large. So we'll see. I think it's a great opportunity to find out. Yeah, like you said, it'll be uh, interesting to see how it all plays out. But it seems like you had such a young team, and now that they have kind of are maturing and becoming more experienced, we've had a couple of them on here on the podcast, been able to talk to a few of them, Ani Nusa, Taylor Robertson, um, Ashlyn Dunbar. They seem to be taking initiative of – I know you, you send them reading materials and you guys have a group chat, but then on their own they're reaching out to each other individual. And they had such a cool, unique chemistry at the end of the season. It seems like they're – trying to take initiative to do their own, to continue to build that chemistry and those relationships on their own time. Well, I hope so, because those are the most powerful ones. The strongest invisible threads are the ones players sew with one another. And we can, we can create that to a certain extent as much as we want, but it never has the power that it does when it grows internally, when it, it emanates from one player into another. And I think there has been some of that. And as you say, it seems that way. We won't know and really until further down the road, but um, they do seem to be uh, all about that. And uh, I've seen evidence of it. So I, I want to ask you too, um, you know, you and your staff and a lot of the members of the team went to the Black Lives Matter uh, March in Norman and Ani Anusa, Ashlyn Dunbar both got up there and spoke and they talked about 
how important it was to see you guys as the coaching staff there supporting them. How proud are you as a head coach to see them using their voices? Well, one of our, one of our goals with our program is to help young women learn to hear and recognize and value their own voices. And so uh, I, I especially, uh, you know, Anna and Ashlyn have taken a, a very uh, bold leadership approach and, and they have really for a couple of years now, it's just that it's, it, the platform's a little bit bigger right now, but all of our team has been invested and supportive and uh, trying to learn, trying to educate one another. I know I have learned so much, so much that you didn't even know you couldn't know. Uh, and I'm really proud of all of our team for their unity and for their uh, humble, um, really just their humble approach to uh, learning and, and wanting to be a part of the solution. And uh, this week, the 40th, 48th anniversary of the Title IX legislation being passed. You were a college athlete and, of course, obviously a longtime uh, college coach at Oklahoma, but before that a high school coach. What do you kind of remember about how it initially kind of was all playing out? Well, I remember uh, learning about it extensively in college as a physical education major. And um, I remember working at Norman High School when there were – a group of male teachers in the coaches lounge who I came in to get my check my mailbox went through the, the lounge and they said the University of Oklahoma has just dropped women's basketball and I said there's no way and they said oh yeah they just did and I said um, there's a law called title nine I was fresh out of college and it was on the forefront of my mind and they're all looking at me like what and it just was to me it was so matter of fact like you can't do this. It's, it's not allowed. And obviously um, that remained to be, to be true. And it's taken um, a, a lot of, uh, it's been through a, a lot of evolutionary phases since it was first enacted. I believe that was maybe in the uh, 71 is maybe when it was introduced. I don't remember exactly the time span there of the dates, but, but it, it has taken a lot of different forms. And a pivotal moment for me in regard to this, Jess, was uh, I remember clearly taking Chandler to school. Um, it was the 40th anniversary of Title IX, and I, I had a BlackBerry. This is how I remember I had a BlackBerry before iPhones. It was a little BlackBerry that you kept, you know, and mm -hmm. you, you had your calendar on it. And I was checking it to see what I had that day because I, I needed to pick her up and, you know, we needed to make arrangements. She had after school practice and all these things. And and I said, I have to speak at this uh, uh, Title IX thing. And, I'm running through it all. And she said, what's a title nine thing? And I said, well, title nine is the law that says that females get the same opportunity ed in educational systems to, to participate and to be educated and went through the whole thing. And she just looked at me and said, why would there need to be a law for that? It's the dumbest thing I've ever heard. And it hit me that there had been this huge paradigm shift, which is the most celebratory thing I could think of that she grew up in a world where her assumption was that she could do anything her brother could do. It, it, there would be no limits mm -hmm. because she was a female. That didn't even enter her mind. And of course, we had the conversations to educate how we got here and what opportunities didn't exist in the past for others. But to have made such strides forward so that a young girl at age 13 or 14 uh, could feel like she could do and would do anything that she wanted in the world, I think that's what it was enacted for. Yeah, I, I was talking to my dad about this. He was a, an administrator and a principal and a coach, and he played college basketball at Southwestern. 
it, during the years that Title IX was implemented, and they didn't have a women's basketball program. And I was just, are you kidding me? What? Southwestern didn't have a women's basketball team. I'm the same way. It's like you don't even think about that there was a time when women's sports weren't equal. They weren't even allowed to play. There was not even an opportunity to play. It's, it's really kind of unbelievable. Just going back now, looking back, how important that was and what can you say about the women that fought for that at the time? I have such distinct admiration and respect for their passion for sport. I, I remind my team of this annually, if not more often, that that passion that drove those women to fight for their opportunities, it, we do a disservice if we ever play as though we are taking it for granted. If we ever play without that sort of passion, we are disrespecting the people who came before. And I believe that in my bones. Marita Hines used to talk about the, she was a, a three sport. Um, the, if you were a three sport athlete at the University of Oklahoma, you, you would wear your volleyball uniform and wash it and give it to the field hockey player who would wash it and give it to the basketball player because there weren't enough uniforms for all the sports. So you just handed it around and you, they went to the games in their cars. And I've listened to Marita talk for hours about, and she talks, this is another thing, just Marita talks about it, um, laughing and with joy and um, with some honor, well-deserved honor that she led during that period. But the, the women that I talked to who didn't have these opportunities that we do, they, they never strike me as bitter. They, they, Teresa Turner talks about what it was like when she played at Oklahoma. And there's just great um, joy and, and a great sense of um, responsibility that I think they came away with in that they, they followed their passion into uncharted land and in so doing blazed a path for other people so that they could be like my daughter and like you who can't imagine a world where that doesn't happen. Awesome. Uh, you, you brought up Marita Hines and I think um, a lot of people do know her impact, but for those that might be listening that don't, aren't as familiar with Marita Hines, can you just describe the importance of her impact to the University of Oklahoma and the University of Oklahoma women's sports specifically? Marita Hines was a way maker. Like she made the way for us. Um, she did it in uh, crafty, clever, um, interesting kinds of ways. She was not a bulldozer. Um, she didn't scream and put her finger in people's faces and stomp her feet and have a temper tantrum. She worked and she built relationships and she presented facts and she added value. And in so doing, she pioneered women's athletics at the University of Oklahoma. I truly believe that in my heart. I always felt like she was our senior women's administrator and I always felt like she worked for me. I clearly worked for her. She was my boss, but I always felt like she worked for me. I, I would drive by and she would have a blower stretched, strapped to her back, cleaning off the softball sidewalk before a game. And I'm like, 
that's our senior women's administrator. I mean, she, there was never a job that was above her and she never wanted to be out front and center. She just loved to be on the fringe watching women do remarkable things. And if ever there were a wind beneath the wings of Oklahoma University Women's Athletics, it is Maria Hines. That's awesome. I like that, the way maker. That's awesome. Um, you, you mentioned that when Oklahoma, the program had got cut and it was a national story. Pat Summit talked about it in her, it was the NCAA tournament. She stopped everything and said, no, we got to talk about Oklahoma. Um, just how big that was in the moment. Like, I think you look back at like, oh, the program was cut and then, oh, you can't do that. But just in that moment and that, that, that time at the University of Oklahoma that the program was cut, how monumental that was. Well, like many things, it turned into a trampoline. It, uh, it brought a lot of um, eyes on our institution, um, not necessarily in, in a positive light at the time, but it paved the way for change and for something special to happen. Um, I feel incredibly fortunate to have been able to be one of the beneficiaries of that new uh, sense of, of um, commitment to women's basketball at Oklahoma. No way that we would have been able to do what we've been able to do over the past two decades without a commitment from the administration for our sport. Um, so it was a tough time. It was a difficult time. And uh, I, I really ache for those student athletes, those women who were playing at the time, who had that rug pulled out from under their feet. Um, I hate it for them uh, because that was their passion and their lives were turned upside down as a result of that. Moving forward, it uh, again paved the way for opportunity for everyone. How appreciative, um, you know, when things kind of started turning around, you know, you talked a lot about some of your first recruits, but some of those players that were already around when you kind of came in and were kind of starting to turn things around, how appreciative were those women of that commitment to this program? Oh, um, th they were unbelievable, um, Jess. And I, I think of uh, Teresa Turner and, and Kim Barr and um, Lene Jones, uh, who's played a little after that, but still a big part of the program. Um, Cynthia Pickens from back in the day, um, Jana Brady, um, Jaquetta Hurley. I, I could go on and on down the list of um, uh, amazing women that were involved in this program before that. And I've always tried to include them and invite them to be back and be a part of, of us and what we've been able to do on this new stage that was built very much by them. And, and I had, um, I, I've said this before, but Tina Taylor was a senior on the team that I inherited in 1996. And she might've been the most important person in that first decade for us because her commitment and her buy-in and her agreement to be about the things that we wanted the program to be about is what set us in motion. And so she was in that way, sort of a bridge um, between the past and the future. That's awesome. Overall, just, you know, not just Oklahoma women's basketball, but you look across the board at all of the women's sports at the University of Oklahoma and how successful and the commitment to, you know, from Joe Castiglione across the board, how proud does that make you to be a part of that, to see 
Patty Gasso, a Hall of Famer, KJ Kindler, also winning national championships. And then you got Lindsey Gray Walton, who's, you know, just seems like to be a sponge. She talks about you and, and uh, Coach Gasso and how in coaches' meetings, she just wants to eat up all the knowledge possible. Audra Cohen, you got some young up-and-comers, but then also some Hall of Famers that have been around. Just the, the success and the commitment to, across the board, women's sports at the University of Oklahoma. How proud does it make you to be a part of that? Well, I think sometimes we're all, um, I say all, at least Patty and I maybe are a little bit um, naive as to what's going on in the rest of the world because it is so equitable here, because there is such an emphasis on it here, uh, because across the board, there is such excellence. I mean, we, this is what we know, you know, 20 years here. And when we hear others talk about it not being that way on their campus, I always um, ache a bit for them. And I think we have uh, an extraordinary um, administrative charge in that regard, in that we are respected and uh, we are heard and we are treated equitably and fans and people in this part of the country uh, don't just like women's sports, they love women's sports. So it's a beautiful place to be. It's a great marriage in terms of um, uh, people really appreciate strong and competent female athletes and they're celebrated. I think that's so cool. Yeah, it seems like, I mean, you know, you guys have the diehard fans. I was able to go on the bus trip with uh, with your fans down to uh, TCU. And then of course the, the softball fans, they're just, they're diehard. And it is, it's not just about watching and cheering on the football team. I mean, there are some legitimate fans and that's gotta be exciting for these young women to have the kind of support that not is not everywhere across the country. Jess, it's so funny that you say that today because right now while we're talking, a group of our fans are meeting um, for lunch on campus. It started outside of our office and is extended, I think, to Reeves Park where they have some reprieve from the shade in one of the uh, shaded areas, but they get together and have lunch together uh, to talk about women's basketball and to stay together because here's one of the great things. There's two great things about our fan base. One being they really are supporters in an age where there's just a lot of fans. They're supporters. They're with us uh, win, lose, draw. They're with us as we're growing. Uh, they're with us when we're excelling. They're with us at practice. They're with us when we um, play a a team in pre-conference that nobody maybe has heard of, or we play Connecticut. They're with us all the time. It's, it's really what the Bible talks about with agape love, unconditional. It is. They love our kids. They love our mission. They love what we stand for. But the other thing that's so super cool are the relationships that these people have developed with one another. The network of people who support us uh, is just one of the coolest most genuine, sincere things I've ever been a part of. These people are great friends. They check on one another. Uh, many of them retired, getting older, maybe live far away from their loved ones and their family. They become family to each other. If they're not at the game in their seat, they call them and see why. Where are you? What happened? Are you okay? When they're in the hospital, they take food to one another. It's just an amazing network of human beings who appreciate what I think is the essence of sport, which is diving in headfirst and giving all you have to a cause outside yourself. They get that and so they celebrate it. 
I got a couple more for you. Um, just the, we talked about the, the women's sports and across the country, the statistics of women being head coaches of women's sports is like, I don't know, 20, 30%, but I owe you at 70%. You got the majority of the women's sports are coached by women um, in that leadership role. How important is that as well to, to show that there are women that can be in those leadership roles and it's not just basketball, it's not just softball, that it's, you know, almost across the board, you've got those women in those leadership roles. Well, I think obviously um, that is a credit to Joe and his team as they have had opportunities to hire additional coaches. Um, they, they are looking for the best and the brightest. And they've been able to obviously um, uh, hire some amazing young women to lead our, our programs here at Oklahoma. And I do think it's important that, that young athletes see females in leadership roles and see them doing things that they someday want to, to do. I've always felt like that's, you know, that's sort of the, the premise behind our Sooner Stilettos organization is, is let's see strong, powerful women achieving and uh, not achieving in a man's world, just achieving in the world and going shoulder to shoulder and head to head and face to face with, with men for leadership positions, with, with other women for leadership positions. And for our players to see that is incredibly important because that's, that formulates for them a pathway that, that they can get there too. And, and so I, I appreciate, obviously, our leadership for, for um, finding such extraordinary women to do that. I, the group of, of, of head coaches we have um, in women's sports here, I would put it up against any in the country. It, it's an amazing group of people that I'm inspired by every single day. It's awesome. Yeah, you, and you have quite the tree that have branched off from you that are inspired seeing you as a head coach and how you've kind of have embraced you know the leadership role and, and taken over at Oklahoma what does that mean to you to see that you know there's so many women that say I wanted to be a head coach I wanted to inspire young women I wanted to lead young women because of the way Sherry Cole led me Ooh, that's humbling um I don't ever stop and think about it like that um it, it's humbling and yet um I think about the the opportunities um, that this institution has afforded me to do that, to just be in a role where I can do it to the best of my ability and that there are, are people that are impacted by that is, you know, better than a national championship trophy for me. Awesome. Last thing for you, again, 48th anniversary of Title IX. Just overall, as, you know, someone that played college sports that was a big-time high school player and then, you know, now in your role as such a, a monumental leader, not just for Oklahoma basketball, but across the country. Uh, what does Title IX mean to you as we get to reflect on it uh, during its anniversary? Well, first of all, thank you for um, saying that I was a really good high school basketball player. <laughs> <laughs> hey, that's what we heard. That's, that's what word, we're told. That's the word on the street and I'm sticking to it. Um, yeah, to me, to me, Title IX, like so many things, um, if we're not careful, we can take it for granted. It has provided such opportunity. And for us to ever, us being females, 
to ever take it for granted um, would be a disrespect of the people who helped pave the way. I, I think about the brave souls who uh, actually authored the law and drove it forward through the political system and um, the various tentacles that come from that. And I don't think people sometimes understand how difficult policymaking is uh, before it even gets to the, to the point where you got to decide if, it, if it's going to go and people are going to support it. Just the creation of it uh, to build a thing that, that doesn't have too many unintended consequences, to build a thing that actually gets to the heart of the thing that you're trying to achieve. It's a, an arduous task. And so I have great admiration and respect for uh, Patsy Mink and the others who, who created this, this legislation. But I think the one word for me just continues is to be opportunity. Um, just an opportunity. Uh, the sky is, is big and, and, and we get to, to fly anywhere we want. That's what Title IX says to me. And for that, I'll be forever grateful. This Sooner Sports Podcast is brought to you in part by Norman Regional, which offers virtual care so you can consult with a doctor on your smartphone. Learn more at normanvirtualcare.com or download the app today. And NCED. Did you know the NCED Hotel is less than three miles from OU and has an on-site gastropub called GP405, specializing in microbrew beer and craft cocktails. Learn more at cc.nced.com. And Sooner fans, don't forget 2020 football season ticket renewals are now live. Log into your account on Soonersports.com to view all of your renewal information and to renew today. Here is What's on Tap brought to you by Philip 66. Live to the full coming up tomorrow night. The 2013 OU baseball team clinching a spot in the Super Regional with a win over Virginia Tech. And on Saturday, it's the 2010 Big 12 championship game as OU battles Nebraska. Again, that's What's on Tap brought to you by Philip 66. Live to the full. Thanks so much to Sherry Cole for taking some time to talk about the importance of remembering Title IX on this anniversary week of the passing of the Title IX legislation. And thank you so much for listening. And we'll talk to you next week here on the Sooner Sports Podcast on this OU Women's Wednesday. Look around. You can find cars like these on Auto Trader. New cars, used cars, electric cars, maybe even flying cars. Okay, no flying cars, but as soon as they get invented, they'll be on Auto Trader. Just you wait. Auto Trader.